All right, everybody, we are live on a Thursday for the Monday Night Hammer. I don't know how long that joke's going to be funny. Maybe it never was funny, but I'm joined here by Michael Sicoli. You can find him on Twitter at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli. And they're cranking out the content. They're cranking out the songs about defensive IDP fantasy football. Michael, how are you doing? I'm all good. I've been doing a lot of work all day today. No time to relax. This is my relaxing period of getting back to fantasy football. How about you? Yes, yes. I'm doing great. Um, um, yeah, I'm just running the numbers, you know, all day, every day. That's just what I do now um, after retiring from teaching at 30 years old. So um, I don't know if I shared that with the viewers, of which there are many. But um, yeah, we're excited. Um, I'm actually um, off work tomorrow, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little weird and um, try and and try and win a uh, showdown GPP tonight. I actually have a pretty solid strategy. Um, I'm I'm working on. We can talk about that a little bit later. Um, but first, let's talk about injuries, Michael, because um, no one practiced today. No one. Everyone just took a day off. I have it no idea what's going on. Um, are there any notable injuries at the top of mind for you? Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I think everyone's looking at Christian McCaffrey right now. We'll see how that plays out. It's sounding a little bit more optimistic. Um, but I'm on Ross St. Brown left the left last week's game with an ankle injury, returned with it taped up, and now he's not practicing with that same ankle injury. So I'm a little bit concerned uh, just because he's very important to this team, probably their most important offensive player. I think more so than even than Swift, honestly. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see whether he shoots up. Tomorrow's practice will be very important to watch for. Yeah, yeah. I also think that um, keeping an eye on uh, a, a, another injury there, Swift. Um, DeAndre Swift. I mean, it's it's interesting, man. Like it, it sounded like he was he's definitely going to be out for a few weeks until the bye, but maybe he's kind of feeling a little bit better. They're they're kind of holding out hope for him, I think. But um, I would be making plans to not have DeAndre Swift this week. Um, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I just don't have a great feeling about that either, uh, which is a shame because he's been balling big time. Um, any other injuries you got, uh, got lined up for us today? I think those are the big ones, but Keenan Allen also, as of, mm-hmm. I believe it was like 10 minutes ago, he was limited yesterday. He was limited last week. We thought he was going to suit up. He didn't, but he also left practice about 10 minutes ago with a trainer. So we're going to see whether that's related to the hamstring, whether that's serious, because if he misses that's a number for everyone. That includes Mike Williams. Mike Williams needs a stable inner presence to kind of help work the outside. So it's definitely something 100% we have to monitor for all chargers. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just make a note that um, I did saw I did see I did saw I saw a good um, little in out split for Josh Palmer when he when Keenan Allen is out. Obviously, um, he kind of fills that role and is averaging right around 15.6 fantasy points per game. Um, when he's out of lineup, Josh Palmer is right around like 5.3 uh, fantasy points per game. So if you um, picked up uh, Palmer on the waiver wire and were expecting to start him, like Keenan Allen being in is is kind of a nail in the coffin for him, unfortunately. Also, so, also if you dropped him uh, in mm-hmm. anticipation of Keenan Allen coming back, might be the time to pick him up. He's probably a free agent on your wire right now. It could be worth a good stash. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that um, another interesting one that pretty recent news and as, as someone that has a lot of Gabe Davis and a lot of different leagues, um, Gabe Davis was downgraded to out after getting in a limited session after not looking great leading up to the game um, against uh, uh, Miami. Um, but I think uh, everybody was gassed because it was so hot. So he just was out there maybe a little bit more than he should have been. 
which is now leading to maybe he's a little bit more sore than he actually should be um, given what they would have liked to him, uh, how many snaps they would have liked to have him play. Um, so again, uh, anytime you go from limited to out, I think the, the rate at which you end up playing on Sunday is pretty low. So wheels up for Diggs, wheels up for Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, Jamison Crowder is worth a look um, if, if you're really desperate. Um, probably uh, James Cook um, probably becomes a little bit more relevant. Like he's going to see the field instead of being benched the whole game. So keep an eye on the Gabe Davis news um, for sure. You got to take on any of that. Who, who do you want if Gabe Davis is out, I guess, is a good question to, to ask. Truly, I, I I couldn't bring myself to ever play James Cook because oh, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't think he's that good of a player. Oh, I, we saw Devin Singletary took that passing work last week, and he's a much better player with it. But that's not the point of what I'm saying. We're still waiting on a Dawson Knox touchdown, and just probability wise, based on the player that he is, four weeks into the season, no Gabe Davis, it's coming at some point. So mm-hmm. I this could be the week where it shakes loose, especially if there's no Gabe Davis taking red zone targets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that, but uh, that about does it for injuries. If um, any viewers in the chat uh, have any questions about uh, injured guys, they want us to give a take on, just let us know. Um, in the meantime, let's go ahead and move on to uh, just a really, really sad situation. If I'm, if I'm going to be open and transparent, we're in the trust tree, right? Yeah, here we are. DJ Moore is in rough shape right now. What are we doing with DJ Moore? You cannot play him um it, it like i i am more interested in playing him maybe if mccaffrey sits not that mccaffrey is doing a lot right now i saw this stats rex burkhead has ran more routes than christian mccaffrey this season rex burkhead who hasn't really played since week one as well but uh just to make you more upset about matt rule and the panthers in general but that speaks to how incompetent this team is this team is poorly coached it's poorly run and baker mayfield is not playing well enough so with all that in mind, if you have another option, if you have a streamable option, if you have a Josh Palmer when Keenan Allen doesn't play, I'm playing those guys over DJ Moore until I get to see something else. Mm-hmm. I, I like when you give the suggestions on who to play over people. I think that's really valuable content, but it's very sad for yeah. me to hear those names and knowing where they went in a draft or even sometimes when where you pick them up on the waiver wire. Um, DJ Moore and cmc they're not the problem you need to put matt rule in a cannon and you need to fire him into the sun and this is coming from a penn state guy which is kind of where matt rule like got his start um that's kind of like where where it all started for matt rule he's a complete and utter disaster um baker mayfield odell's dad was right hashtag odell's dad was right that's all I got to say about Baker Mayfield. It's, it's, it's truly, truly um, absurd. I saw a stat um, that takes a look at uh, three separate wide receivers and shout out to Adam Levitan. Great Twitter follow. Um, David, uh, sorry, David, Devonte Adams, DJ Moore, and I'll need to look it up really quick. One other wide receiver are about 20% lower catch rate than their than their career and they're all people that they're all wide receivers that have clear wide or quarterback downgrades so Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr we're seeing Devontae Adams early season catch rate go down Devontae Adams maybe didn't get worse at football maybe the the targets just aren't as catchable 
DJ Moore, maybe in his year 25 season, didn't just forget how to catch the ball. Maybe Baker Mayfield is, isn't throwing a catchable ball. These are actual things that we need to pay attention to and react to because catch rate is a really, really easy thing to calculate in our fantasy projections and, and adjust for. So what I'm probably doing moving forward is splitting the difference between like current catch rate and career catch rate, because um, I think we're going to downgrade it, but it can't be best bad all season. So I'll, I'll leave that for the viewers. DJ Moore will probably get better. Hopefully. I don't know if you can bank on it, but I think I need to see it before I put him in my starting lineup. That typically that's typically where I lean as well, because I, we, we know the touchdowns, like, I want the touchdowns to come. Probability says that the targets relative to touchdowns, that it will come. I don't think – I'm not feeling confident that they will. I mean, they came last week. He caught a touchdown last week. But if he's not scoring and he's not catching a ton of balls, then we're talking wide receiver three, and that's very replaceable. Yeah. Um, the other wide receiver that um, has seen, like, a, a pretty big dip in their catch rate um, – relative to their career catch rate is Brandon cooks with Davis mills, which I don't know what to think about Davis mills, man. On one hand, like he, he's had a few solid games with, uh, what's the coach's name there? Pep, Pep Hamilton. Uh, lovey, lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. But the, um, offensive coordinators, I, I think. Uh, is it Pep Hamilton? Yeah, it's Pep Hamilton. Um, okay. and Davis mills was like a five-star recruit, um, some injury issues, like went to Stanford, like didn't flash, but I mean, he's, he's playing, I mean, he was play, he played better than some of the other really, really sought after rookie quarterbacks his rookie year. It's just he doesn't seem to be taking that step, um, especially struggling with getting the ball downfield to Brandon Cooks, who is very good still um, for all those people that passed on him in whatever round, seventh, seventh, eighth round that he went um, in preseason. Uh, we got Smokey the Cat. And don't forget about the cat. Um, he's back and he wants to know Kelsey Khalil Herbert. Ayuk or AJ Brown and Javante Williams. So I need to unpack this a little bit. So uh, Smokey, if you're still with us, um, are you saying you want to do Kelsey, Khalil Herbert and Ayuk against AJ Brown and Javante Williams? Is that, I, is it a three versus two trade situation? I think that's what he's asking. And if he yeah. is, then I, I, I feel good about taking the, Oh, I just caught myself there. But um, in terms of, I, I, I feel, I, I think I take the Kelsey side. Because wow. I'm that high, I think I'm that high on Khalil Herbert, and I think he has a role. Despite you know, if Montgomery's out, which it looks like he'll be at least this week, you're locking him in. Uh, he's a, he's a borderline RB one, RB you know, top fifteen player based on volume and talent and receiving upside. So I and Kelsey is obviously a huge difference maker. I, I would want to know who your tight end is if you're yeah. streaming the Irv Smiths, Cole Komets of the world. And that's what you're going into the season with. Not great. But if you have a Zach Ertz, which I've seen some people try to upgrade from, I'm willing to write it out with Zach Ertz. So if you yeah, do have that, yeah. I would, I would love, that's a difference maker to me. Because you're talking about really good players on all sides of this. Yeah. I think I draw the line for me in like panic, panic, panic mode in terms of tight end at, at like Friermuth. Right. I think it goes like Friermuth and then like there's a, there's a massive cliff and then like Irv Smith. So that's the gap. And then like above Friar Muth, I have you mentioned him earlier. Dawson Knox is there. He's in the tiers where I'm okay staying with him and, and riding him out. Um, above him is probably who, who comes after Dawson Knox. You think uh, Ertz, Ertz is up there. Higby out of nowhere, all of a sudden. He's, not he's this in, week. Not this week. He's not this week? this week. He's, okay. saying, he's got, he's got the saints. The saints are 
a very good unit against the tight end. It always well, they happened. got um, Tyron Matthew, didn't they? They got Tyron Matthew. They still have Demario Davis. It's they just yeah. they they coach against the tight end really well. Okay, that's actually great insight. I'm uh, that's uh, that's good stuff. Them and the 49ers, uh, year in year out, have been. Yeah, I'm kind of burying the lead here. I'm actually on the other side, probably regardless. Um, mostly because like Khalil Herbert is better than David Montgomery. Full stop. Sorry, I, I said what I said. No, no um, But the Bears are bad. The Eagles are a good team. AJ Brown is an absolute monster. The Broncos are a good team, and Javante Williams is an absolute monster, question mark. It just needs to happen. You know what I mean? There's there's a couple things that need to happen, but I love the upside there. And give me Javante Williams over Khalil Herbert rest of season. Like, Khalil Herbert and Ayuk. Give me Javante Williams over both of them rest of season. Like, no questions asked. I just think that you have a, a running back, Javante Williams, that on any given week, can be the RB one overall. He has that in his range of outcomes. Khalil Herbert, I know he just he literally just did it. He scored like thirty fantasy points, but a lot of things have to go right for that to happen on a bad team um, with a bad quarterback with a bad coaching staff. Um, I tend to try to avoid those situations. Um, and Ayuk, it's it's kind of like a boom bust situation with him. Like he does look a lot better this year. That's a great question though, Smokey the Cat and. I'm glad you came back because it means we probably gave you good advice before. I'm going with AJ Brown, Javante Williams. It sounds like Sakuli is going with the Kelsey side, unless you have a tight end like right around that Zach Ertz range. I, I will say, first of all, I, I, I messed up before with Higby. He's not playing the Saints this week. He's playing the 49ers, which is even better against the tight end. Same concept, oh, though. But okay. um, just to clarify. Uh, but if this is a I, – I, I think you've talked me into it because I do – AJ Brown's a, a league winner, and Javante Williams is – I have to believe that they give him the ball at some point. The snap counts are absurd currently. Mm-hmm. I worry about when that's going to be because I truly believe Nathaniel Hackett is the most incompetent coach currently in the NFL. He might he's get o- fired. He's in yeah. over his head. But yeah. until they, until he gets fired, he's 2-1, and one, and they just hired him. Mm-hmm. I think he will have a leash, and I think that's going to be really spotty, which sucks. Yeah. I know. If this is tight end You laid it out for me. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You laid it out you've, for me. You've talked, it in, talked me into it somewhat. I think – if, if I have a garbage tight end, like I said before, I'll take the Kelsey side. If this is tight end premium, I will take the mm-hmm. Kelsey side. If it's just standard PPR, I can talk myself easily into the A.J. Brown one. Yeah, so another way I think about it, and this is more just like gut, but what, what when I'm projecting out Khalil Herbert from like a talent standpoint, um, he's just not a, a guy who has 30 fantasy points like in his 75th percentile income, outcome which I'm, I'm starting to get a little technical with that. Like if you're thinking about like the range of outcomes, like it's not likely what happened, what happened to Khalil Herbert, the chances of it happening to him are just not as good as AJ Brown scoring 30 points, mm-hmm. Devonte Williams scoring 30 points. These are just better players with better draft capital. The NFL views them differently um, because they are better just overall players. So like a lot of times, like as I've played fantasy football, the, the more I play it, the more I'm gravitating towards like, who's the better athlete? Who's the better football player? Like, let's throw the numbers out. Let's, let's throw that out for a second. Who's better with the ball in his hands. Yeah. AJ Brown is a better player at this point than Brandon Ayuk or Khalil Herbert. It's not close. Javante Williams is a better player than uh, Khalil Herbert and Ayuk. And then Kelsey is the best player at his position currently, but I mean, uh, he is slowing down a little bit. So I, I, we spent a lot of time on that one, Smokey the Cat, because it was a good one. Keep coming back, sir. Um, but if you have any other questions, make sure you drop them in the chat. Let's move on. 
Um, I mean, just a lot of depressing topics today. Zach Wilson's return. I'm not a For fan. For you, yeah. I'm not yeah. a fan. I, the, the whole MILF Hunter thing was, like, really funny. I totally get it. I totally get it. But he's a bad quarterback. He's a bad quarterback that likes to feed Elijah Moore, and I'm a Garrett Wilson guy. What do you think about Zach Wilson coming back? Can we predict who he's going to throw the ball to? And it doesn't matter because is he that bad? I think the same argument that we Elijah Moore stands have had for Elijah Moore, we have to extend to Garrett Wilson, which was a lot draft Elijah Moore because he will get the ball because he is an alpha talent wins out. That like a lot of people, like you said, say Wilson, he's going to throw to Moore now. He's back. You know, they're going to make that connection again. Garrett Wilson's not going to go away because Garrett Wilson is that good of a player. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to see now, I think, is that you're going to see basement level floors. I think you're going to see true two point type of floors for Elijah Moore, for even Garrett Wilson, for Corey mm-hmm. Davis. Like, I, I, cause I agree. I don't think Zach Wilson's the answer in New York. And mm-hmm. I think that completion percentage is going to be low. I don't think you're going to see a lot of them. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. I think it's a definitely a boost for Elijah Moore because right now his stock is as low as it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I, I do think it's a downgrade for the rest of the offense. Yeah, and I just want to say that um, one of the, the striking numbers things that um, that points me in the direction that Zach Wilson is, in fact, a bad football player, <laughs> sounds so harsh, um, is that he holds the ball longer than average, which there are good quarterbacks that hold the ball a long time. Kyler Murray is one of them. Lamar Jackson is one of them. A lot of the rushing quarterbacks hold the ball a long time. But a clear sign that you're not keeping your eyes downfield is your A dot is low. So not only is Zach Wilson kind of like holding onto the ball too long, he's not keeping his eyes downfield. So like when he does throw the ball and not get sacked, he's finding Elijah Moore five yards down the field, which is good for Elijah Moore. And I think that's why you see like a little bit of a spike when Zach Wilson's the quarterback and, and Elijah Moore kind of disappears completely when he's not on the field um, and some of these other quarterbacks are in. So I, I would probably say like, is, is Garrett Wilson's running his routes down the field. Um, I would probably along with like, he got a little banged up in that last game. I would probably, I have a situation where I have both um, and I'll probably start more. Um, and yeah, but I'm, I'm going to monitor Garrett Wilson's health. I just, I really think that Zach Wilson cannot scan downfield and he's just going to find the, the guy in the intermediate area um okay. what do you think about so that he, analysis no I, I i think that's great i think that's on point of a quarterback that holds the ball too line or too long with a historically bad offensive line that is possibly like this is the best interior front that he's had as a jet this is okay. possibly the worst offensive tackle set he's had as a jet because mm. there's no beckton there's no Dwayne brown there's no uh george fant we are on third and fourth string tackles here against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Good God, if TJ Watt was playing in this game, he would be he would bury him. But yeah. Alex Highsmith can still do that. So the Steelers are going to get pressure to Wilson, and I don't like him under pressure at mm-hmm. all. So I, I do think this is going to be a rude awakening for a Jets fan for the Messiah-esque return. The weapon there, the offensive tackles are not. And Zach Wilson, I, I don't think he's going to be able to overcome that in his first game back. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Steelers real quick. Like, my goodness, this game, I might, like, if, while I'm watching it, I might just put, like, that circus music on. Like, da 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 It's going to be awful. 
because Mitch Trubisky, my goodness, I know I thought it would be bad. I actually was a little optimistic. I was like, what if he, what if he got right? I was optimistic he said Buffalo. Too. Yeah. Uh, some people are blaming Matt Canada. I, I don't, I think, I think, I think some people like were excited because Matt Canada was going to do some weird stuff. It, it might seem like he's a, maybe big braining it a little bit too much. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to isolate like what's wrong with the Steelers offense, but it's, it's bad. And I, I, I'm, I'll be the first to say that, that I was like one of the guys saying like, can't be worse than Ben. Can't be worse than Ben. It can be worse than Ben. It can be worse it's, than Ben last year. And it's worse the, than Ben yeah. right now. The reason why you're struggling to isolate a problem is because there's not one. The problem yeah, lies so with Mitch is, Mitch is not good. Mitch is not a good mm-hmm. quarterback. He's never really been. Matt yeah. Canada is not a good offensive coordinator. He's never really been. But the worst part about it is that they both are not on the same page. That within a week, I did in one of my classes, I did a mock interview with Mike Tomlin with one of my professors. And it is so dysfunctional with that type of team right now. We saw Mitch speak out against. We saw Deontay Johnson. We saw Chase Claypool speak out against it. Of course, Chase Claypool is. But, like, it's so there's so many problems when your offensive coordinator and your quarterback are not on the same page. We saw last mm-hmm. week that they there was, what, three targets in the middle of the field that were went beyond, like, five yards? And all those came in the fourth quarter to fire him. So I don't know what game plan they're trying to pull here. I don't get it. I like this matchup against the Jets secondary. I think it is beatable, as good as Sauce Gardner might be. It's mm-hmm. – I I don't know I, – I something needs to change for them to, to work this out. And the big thing I, I will say, they did have 10 days. They did have the longer break. They played on Thursday night last week. They had more time to prepare for this game. And then they did last week and more than the Jets have for this one. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm, I'm still going to play Deontay Johnson. I'm still willing to stream Pat Fryermuth. I just, I, I do think the Jets win this game, but my bigger question to you right now, I am the Najee. I, Najee is one of the only players I have a hundred percent roster ship in dynasty. Mm-hmm. What is your panic level right now? Because mine feels a little bit higher than I want it to be. I mean, he, <sighs> Last year was probably his ceiling outcome, honestly, with all the dump-offs. Um, he's unfortunately not, like, this explosive player that on 15 touches can get you, like I said, like, 30 points, 28 points. Like, his, his like, median outcome is, is lower than some of these, like, alpha backs. That he's in that tier, volume-wise, but he doesn't have the explosiveness like Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, like... And he's kind of the same type of back that's not going to get a whole lot of targets with these new quarterbacks. So I don't think I'd be panicking, but if anyone's viewing him like in a little bit higher than they should be, like you're probably selling a little bit lower than, than you should, but it, I don't, I don't see it getting better. You know what I mean? I, I really don't see it getting a lot better. And I had a take you ready for this. Go for it. Um, I think Matt Canada is sabotaging Mitch Trubisky because Kenny Pickett's his boy. The systems for Kenny Pickett, and he's just he he's just going to keep running Kenny Pickett system until Kenny Pickett's the quarterback. Are you they telling were, they were they were together in, in at Pitt, University of Pitt? So you're telling me that Matt Canada, since he's joined this team, which is this is sarcasm, by the way, has absolutely refused to make a system that revolves around any other quarterback besides the one that he's dreamed about and been clutching in his notebook. Since and that the young might- man was 18. Since yes. the young man was 18. Yes. He has been dreaming up this playbook for the guy that by the time mm-hmm. he gets to be the starter, Matt Candle will probably lose his job. 
Yes. Um, okay. Sam Hinkie once coined the phrase, um, if you give me eight hours to cut down a tree, I'll spend seven hours sharpening the axe. I thought you were going to say um, game plan for Kenny Pickett. And, and Matt Canada's version of that is um, probably going to end similarly. It seems like uh, Sam Hinkie was fired at, at hour six of sharpening the axe before uh, before the Sixers actually became a contender, which they're still they all, I mean, I'm, I'm here in Philly and it's it's a heartbreaking team to root for, honestly, the, the 76ers. Um, anyway, let's pivot because we only got about five minutes. Give me, a, give me your thoughts on tonight's game. We got Tua, Waddle, Tyreek. Everybody's playing. This shapes up to maybe not be a completely trash game, but we got Tua a little banged up coming off of um, a short week. Um, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, are uh, they got right against the Jets. They got a little bit right. Still might not be a great team. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Bengals, the returning Super Bowl, the returning league runner-ups. Um, how do you see this game playing out? I have flip-flopped on how this game is going to play out all day because it's it's mm-hmm. it's difficult. And I think something that's really important for people to remember is that this is a short week. That matters for both sides. And one side for the Dolphins, this is a defense that just ran, I think it was 83 plays on defense last week. They only ran 39 on offense. As we also with Stephon Diggs making you know headlines because he was cramping out there, it was hot. The defense was on the on the field too. They're also coming off a short week of a lot of reps. That's I think that's a big deal to keep in mind. And on the Bengals side, they lose DJ Reader. He's out for possibly I don't, I don't think he's out for the season, but he's out for considerable time on the IR. He's made the second most amount of run stops in among deep interior defensive linemen. They don't have a replacement for that four days after losing it. That's mm-hmm. that's not on the probably not on the roster, and it's definitely not going to be in the scheme. So, I think, and just because also because just because Tyreek Hill says that he's going to toast Eli Apple, I don't think he's going to pop off for one fifty and two today. Um, I really wow. don't, but I, I I do think I think this is a Burrow Chase day. I think this okay. is two of versus Burrow, and we saw how that played out with the national championship in twenty nineteen. I think Joe Burrow gets it done, and I, yeah. I, I I think he does it on the back of Jamar Chase, who's been really contained the last two weeks. He only has 83 yards uh, since week one. After a huge week one, he only has 83 yards and score on 11 catches, by the way. 83 yards on 11 catches. I think that all gets right uh, in this home matchup on Thursday night. Yeah, so my I'm just going to kind of agree with everything you said there. Um, my The thing I want the people to make sure they know is that um, – Miami loves to blitz and that their blitz rate has been really, really high um, thus far this season. And they've been playing a lot of man coverage when they blitz. And what that means is that Jamar Chase is going to see a lot of man coverage. And I don't need to connect the dots for the people out there. When Jamar Chase faces man coverage in a heavy blitz scheme, he goes absolutely berserk. And Joe Burrow is very good against the blitz. He takes a lot of sacks. But when he is able to kind of create space and like he, that's his game. Like he'll take a sack, but more than maybe he should um, according, like the coaches probably would like him to take less sacks, but he'll take less sacks. He's Russell Wilson's a similar player, but he's going to find that, that crease. And then Jamar Chase literally has like 30 yards of separation. T Higgins has 20 yards of separation. Tyler Boyd has 10 yards of separation. That's kind of how it works for them. Um, so I'm, I'm all over Jamar Chase and like my showdown lineups, um, Locking him into the captain spot. I think we're going to see a big, big, big night um, from Jamar Chase. And on the other side, I, I, 
I'm, I, I hope that Tua can, can keep the offense moving, um, keep this game high pace because that would be a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I don't really – I guess, like, if you had to pick a receiver on the Dolphins, um, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't sound like you're that into Tyreek. I am. Listen, listen, he's in my DFS. I just don't think that – he's not my captain. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think that – what he's – I do think the Dolphins somewhat struggle in this game. I think this is a bring them back down to <laughs> earth of a – it's a good team, but they're overachieving right now. Mm-hmm. And I do think that they go three and one, the Bengals end up leveling out at two and two. And the real question for me is I think they beat the Bengals if they can get the rushing attack going. And I'm not confident that they could do that. They're 31st in rushing yards right now. I think mm-hmm. the Bengals can be beat on that interior offensive line, especially without DJ Reader. That's what they need to exploit. I don't know if Miami's going to enter the game with that mat with that mindset and actually be able to execute it. Because mm-hmm. they're, it's not a good interior offensive line on Miami. It's not a good line on Miami. Period. Really, and I don't, I, I don't. I, I think Moster Edmonds is going to house one. I really do. One of these runs, I think they're going to house. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you which one. Yeah, I really couldn't. I think it sets up as a good uh, matchup for Edmonds. That's probably who I'd be going with, just because, like, like you said, the DJ, he's an interior lineman, and uh, that zone scheme that uh, uh, I always, it's McDaniel, right? I always want to say McGlinchy for some reason. Mike McDaniel is bringing that run, that zone scheme from uh, San Francisco, and that's why they they um, sign Chase Edmonds because he's that's that's what he does well. When an interior lineman's out, it's going to open up those zone running lanes, and um, uh, I, I think Chase Edmonds is going to have a, a, a big bigger night than Raheem Mostert, um, especially because they might not throw the ball quite as much with Tua a little bit banged up, but. We got to get out of here. I have another stream that I'm hopping on um, for Gridiron AI, which is uh, a site that you should check out. That's kind of my plug for tonight. Uh, GridironAI.com, uh, machine learning projections, cool stuff. Uh, we taught the robot how to make predictions, you know. Um, and uh, you can also check out the Instagram. I'll, I'll have a DFS player pool for everybody um, tomorrow. Um, you can find that um, on Instagram at gridiron.ai. You got anything for the people, Mike, before we get out of here? No, I think I'm just going to give a quick little score prediction. I'll say the Bengals win this game 20. Let's go. Let's go 24 to uh, – hold on. I'm tilting a little bit. Let's go 20 to twenty to 17. I think it's a closer game, but I do think the Bengals creak it out. Okay, 24 to 17. That means the uh, Bengals will cover the four, the plus four um, at home. I'm saying 20 um, to 17. I'm gonna, ah, you know, no, no, you know, I'll stick with 24. I'll say they get the three touchdowns. Okay, so you have them 24-17, covering minus four at home against a banged up to a Dolphins team. Yeah, I'm, like not touching this, I'm not touching the spread for the record, but I, I do okay. think they, I'll take the money line for sure. Okay, I'm going to go um, – I just think – I just think the Dolphins are such a good team, man. They're they are. Rolling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 21 – nope, nope. I'm going to go 20 <laughs> – I'm going to go 28-24 Dolphins. Okay, all right. All right. All right, everybody, you take care out there. Um, We'll be back next Thursday, and uh, good luck, everyone. Have a good week.